0: Home Run Club members, thank you so much for what you do to help us do what we do. Every month, we seek to bring you a little sample of what we're doing in the community and for the community, and we're so grateful for your partnership and helping us pull that off. Let me let you know that on August the 11th from 4 to 7 p.m., we will be having our downtown open house, 21 West 16th Street. Love you to come check out, see what we're doing, be a part of that, meet some of our counselors, so... Please consider, again, August the 11th from 4 to 7, just stopping by downtown, seeing what's going on. In this particular Home Run Club, I'm going to share a message with you about casting your cares on the Lord. Something that God's been working on me and teaching me to do better. And I hope and pray that God will use this little message to encourage your heart. Simple thought, simple idea, but oh my word, so much harder to put into practice. May the Lord bless you as you listen to this. I pray His Spirit will speak into your heart and life, and thank you again for being a part of our team. And what a privilege and honor tonight for me to be able to open up God's Word and just talk to you about something that um, has been on my heart, and it'll fit tonight, it'll fit your life. I want you to just think about a burden, something that is a concern to you, something that you carry, a weight in your life, some area of your life where you go, I struggle with that. Maybe it's something to do with your family. Maybe it's a job issue. Maybe it's a health issue. I I don't know, but just that thing that sometimes when you wake up at night, can't get back to sleep. That thing. Normally, as a pastor, we say things like, don't think about that. Trust that. But today, I'm, I'm actually asking you to drag it out here in the front and just look at it a second. This thing that's in your life, whether you brought it on yourself or in many cases sitting in this room, others sent it your way, I want you to just look at what the Word of God says in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. The Word of God right there says this, Cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. Now, let me explain why that verse is there. Uh, the early Christian church was starting to be persecuted. So those who were followers of Jesus, the word had spread now. Jesus was, was getting out in amongst the people. And the name Jesus was rising to the surface. And even uh, overcoming some of the religious preferences of the day. And now the name Jesus was exalted. And some people didn't like that. So they began to persecute those early Christians. And those early Christians watched someone be martyred. Or they watched someone uh, be flogged. They watched this torture happening to them. And they started projecting, oh my goodness, this could be coming for me. I could be facing this kind of thing. And here comes this verse that says, cast your fears, your cares, your anxieties. Cast it on me because I care for you. And I invite you tonight, with whatever the issue might be in your life, to bring it like they did and to cast it. Now, when we hear casting, um, I, I think of fishing, because when I think of casting, I'm thinking of a rod and reel. I remember my grandpa taught me how to fish in the Carolinas growing up, and I, I didn't know this until I got a little older. My grandpa had two rod and reels. Uh, Zebco, I think they were, and I remember we would go fishing, and before they would work, he had to totally submerge them in water for like 30 seconds. Like they wouldn't even cast till he did they'd just sit there and nothing. And then he'd he'd put them in the water. So I thought that that's what you always did. If I'd gone brought a brand new rod and reel, I'd have stuck that sucker in the water for 30 seconds because I thought that's how they cast, how they worked. I later found out it was just old cheap rod and reel. But when we think of casting, that's what comes to our mind. For example, we cast our cares on the Lord, right? And we reel them back in. Because in our world, casting involves reeling. So we say, yes, Jesus, I I cast my cares on you. And then I pull it back in. And then we pull it out of the water, hold it up. Yeah, still there. Cast it again. And if you have a Bible on it, sometimes the wind blows it in. And that's what our cares feel like some days. I, I threw it out there, Lord, as far as I can, but it lives at my house, so it came back. I went to work in the morning, and it was there. So what does that mean? What does that mean, cast your cares on the Lord? Well, the Greek text here is this thought. Let me present it this way. Some of you have a vault at the bank. You have a little deposit box where you go and you have stored something. Some of you have a vault at your house. That's what casting was. You take it and you go into the bank and you say to the banker, hey, can you... uh?" Can you do me a favor? Can you let me back in my deposit box? And then then the banker goes, and a big old huge door first. Then you walk in, and then you have your key, and they have their key. And you you go back in the back, and you start fiddling around. You finally get the lock open, and you take whatever it is you brought, and you put it in there, and then you lock it that little part back. Then you go out. They push that big door to, and it's all stuck in there, and you walk away. When you leave the bank, you aren't thinking to yourself, Man, I wonder if that thing's good going to be okay there you don't think that in your mind you have the thought that is cared for it's over when I come next time and I want to go back in there it'll be there I don't have to think about it that's the thought that casting your care means take that thing and say to the Lord can you stick it in your deposit box, so that I can let it go out of my hands? Can I just completely give this thing to you, Lord? I I know I sometimes see it, and I know it sometimes shows up at my doorstep, and and I know quite often our family comes over, and it's there. But Lord, I'm going to trust that even when I see it, you've got it. I don't need to worry about it. I have done this thing called casting as recent as uh, 4 o'clock today. Some of you here have the thing sitting in front of you tonight. Sitting right there in your mind. I invite you to cast it, to deposit it into the Lord's vault. And believe that He cares for you And this thing has a greater purpose than you can see. This isn't easy. This isn't a message that you go, oh man, that sounds great. No, we don't like to carry burdens. We don't like to deal with the possibility that things may come our way. We don't like that. Nobody goes wakes up in the morning and goes, I'd like a problem today. Nobody. But our Savior, a man named Jesus... Dealt with stuff all the time. Thrown at him. Said about him. And I think about his life. You all realize he knew he was headed to the cross. But he functioned pretty good, didn't he? It's because he had cast his cares onto his father. So what I want to do tonight is I want to show you an example of what I'm talking about. Because... um, It's really important, I think, to look at Scripture in the day we live in and look at the stories from the Old Testament and New Testament and see how they apply to our life. So today I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to take you from Jerusalem, if we're in Jerusalem. Let's drive about 70 70 or so miles north to a place called the Sea of Galilee. See, even when I say the word, this is a Wednesday night audience. When I say Sea of Galilee, you know what I'm talking about. You've heard of it. Now, the problem is, uh, you've got in your mind probably a bigger body of water than it is. See, we call a lake smaller than a sea. If I said a sea, you think, oh, yeah, a lake, you know, a little pond, then you got a lake, then you got a sea, then you got an ocean. Well, in this case, you got to remember, when this was given its name, there was no Google Earth. Uh, the people who lived there, when they got to this body of water, they're like, whoa, this is the biggest one around. This is a sea. It's 64 square miles. That's how big it is. To put it in perspective, Lake Michigan, 22,000. So it's quite a bit smaller than Lake Michigan. In fact, the area I'm going to tell you about tonight was four miles across. The story I'm going to tell you, there's three Three main stories you remember about the Sea of Galilee. One, when Jesus said to his followers, Hey, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Boom! And they got a huge fish having got nothing on the other side. The other story that you'll remember is Jesus walking on water. And then tonight's story, from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, you can follow along. I'm just going to tell you the story because I love it living these stories out. I want to talk to you about how the disciples cast their cares on the Lord and how they looked a lot like us while they were doing it. So Jesus, in this story of the storm, Jesus has gone through a full day. Okay, I want to tell you, I think it's about this time of day that this story began to occur. Jesus had been healing people. He had been touching people. He was out in the water, speaking out across the water. He was in a boat. There were other boats around him. People were just in in droves along the edge of the the water there and listening to him, wanting him to heal them, wanting him to speak to them. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, Let's go to the other side of the lake. This is probably, though we we don't spend a lot of time in this part of the story, this is probably the weirdest part of the story. Nobody went to that other side. Four miles across. So they're getting in the the boat. Think about going outside right now, okay? You go out there. It says when evening came. It's about right now. And he says to his disciples, hey, guys, let's get in the boat, row to the other side. Four miles they're rowing. Now, the Bible says there were lots of other boats around them. So other people trying to get close to Jesus, trying to get on the healing, trying to get in on the action, and these littler boats are following him around. And Jesus says to his disciples, "Um, let's go. And and they didn't even, the Bible speaks to this, they didn't even take any preparations. They didn't go get another change of clothes. They didn't grab any food. None of that. The Bible says, as they were, they got in the boat. And they started rowing. And Jesus, I believe, in this story, was really, really weary from doing the day's work of healing and touching people. He was human. He was 100% divine, but he was 100% human. Just like us. And some of you tonight, in body, you're tired. And if I said to you, hey, hey, what do you want to do the rest of the night? You're like, after this, I just want to go home and chill. That's where Jesus was. And I find it very interesting when it, talks about this it says jesus went down to the bottom of the boat and he fell asleep on a sailor's cushion the bible says a cushion not very many times in scripture you see anything about a cushion jesus was really weary went down in the boat fell asleep on a cushion now remember he said let's go to the other side of the lake makes no sense nobody goes over there the disciples even rowan had to go why are we going to the Gadarenes, the Gerasenes? Why would we go there? Nobody goes over there. That's where the Gentile demon-possessed people are. You don't get in the boat and go to the demon-possessed people. The disciples had to be going, why is he taking us there? I want to just ask you a question tonight. That thing you're dealing with. That issue in your life. Have you asked this question? Jesus, why are why you take? Why are, you, why are you allowing me to deal with this? I've had some things in my life. In, in the last month, I remember something occurring. And I sat in my office and I just said to myself, Jesus, why, why are you taking me through this? What, what's the purpose? I don't, I don't get it. And I want to I just make a point here. Um, Jesus has a reason to take you where he allows you to go. He's trying to show you something. See, Jesus knew when they were going on that trip. He knew, we're headed over. We're going to eventually get... The storm hasn't even occurred yet in the, in the story. And Jesus knows why he's going over there. He's going to get out of the boat. There's going to be some demon-possessed men. They're going to come up to him. He's going to cast those demons into pigs. Pigs are going to run, fall over the cliff. Remember, whole town says, get Jesus out of here because he just destroyed our economy. Jesus knows all that's coming. Jesus knows why you're going through what you're going through in your life. Just listen to me, Jesus knows why you're going through that. It's why He can say to you, "Cast your cares on me because I got this. I just want you to realize that nothing in your life is wasted. I want you to understand that whatever you're going through in your life, it isn't just a stupid thing that's happening. It might feel that way, but God has a purpose. I stand up here having been a dad who has gone through some things that I never dreamed I'd go through, and I don't like some of them. I don't like them. If you came up and said, was that fun? No. Would you like to go through more? Nope. Do you believe God had a reason in it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually embrace those moments. As I've aged, I actually believe God has called me to speak to that. Because many of you in here tonight are dealing with something that you go, I'm overwhelmed, Dan. I put on a nice front. <laughs> This is really interesting. It just just came to me. wasn't even in my mind. A pastor called me yesterday. A pastor called me yesterday from a very large church and said to me, "Can I get with you soon? I'm just about to go under." And I say to you tonight, life. And the Bible says in First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where I told you the cast of your cares is, right after that verse it says Satan roams around looking for people he can devour. And sometimes Jesus says, hey, I want to take you on a little trip. I'm going to allow you to experience a trip. I'm going to be involved in your life through a turf circumstance. Satan's going to throw some crap at you, but I'm going to be in the boat with you. And I want you to know, I won't ever bail on you. Jesus won't bail on you. Your friends, your cruddy friends will bail on you. Your unfaithful friends, they'll bail. Jesus is in your boat. He just might be what you would call sleeping. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's what happens here. This storm comes up. So the Sea of Galilee is um, below sea level. It's kind of weird. It's like 680, 690 feet below sea level, which sounds weird. It's a sea. How can it be below sea level? But it is. So the sea's here. Sea of Galilee is here. And in the area where that occurs, there, there's a little terrain going down. So the warm air and cold air meet, and there comes up these crazy squalls, these quick storms. I get this. I grew up in the Carolinas, in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountain. My grandfather, a farmer, the one who taught me to fish, he would plow behind a mule all day long. Crazy. I think back to it now. I didn't realize how hard he worked, but he was a hard-working man. And I remember sometimes I'd just see him out in the field, and he'd be out there for hours, and I'd just take him a glass of water, take him something, a little snack or whatever. And I remember he would, some days, you know, he'd look up and go, Boy, look, look up in the mountains there. Storms are coming. Yeah, and boy, sure enough, hour or two later, in the Sea of Galilee, they just, the heat cold, boom, they come down through that valley, same thing, I, I get it, it makes sense to me, and, and the Bible says this was one serious storm, water over the edge of the boat, it, it feels like they're going to drown, they're freaking out, you got to imagine, remember there's all those other little boats too, some of them had to be going, maybe one did go under, we don't even know. This is a serious storm. I've spoken to people about that. Just said, have you ever seen that on the Sea of Galilee? People who do tours there told me. It's crazy. So the storm comes up. (laughs) The disciples. Yeah, you just kind of picture this, don't you? I mean, the disciples are there fighting the storm, trying to bail the water out, trying to keep the water out of the boat. At some point, one of them probably looked at the other and said, wait a second. We got Jesus on here. How often do we sometimes get in a circumstance and go, Hang on a minute, I've got Jesus is in my life. Faddle that storm on our own, do it all we can, then all of a sudden, wait. I remember a scripture verse that says, Cast my cares on him. Oh, yeah. So they go down. I love this. They can't get him away. You ever feel that way? You ever feel like, Jesus, you must be sleeping. I'm not sensing your presence around me. I feel like I'm all alone here. Are you on a cushion or something? Can can I just... Can I just tell y'all when they got down there to him, they said some crazy stuff. They they said this, don't you even care? We're about to drown up here. Do you not care about us? I love this part of the story because these were his closest confidants. See, we live in 2021. I've never personally seen Jesus. Jesus. I've felt his presence. I know he's with me. But I've personally never met him or seen him. I'm looking forward to that day, but I'm not there yet. These guys are in the boat with him. They just saw him do crazy miracles. And they're saying to him, don't you even care? Like, sometimes I feel guilty when I say that to Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, don't you care? These were his best friends, and they said it to him. That gives me a lot of hope. Gives me a lot of hope. The disciples were just like us. They're normal guys. And it came out because they were scared for their life. And they just blurted it out. Jesus, don't you even care? And the, and the Bible says eventually it got him awake. Those of you who have children or have had young children, you know what it's like trying to wake them up for school. You go down and you're trying to wake. Hey, get, what? Hey, get up, get up. You shake them, shake them. On the right. I think that's what it would have been like trying to get Jesus awake. He was having a good sleep. He needed it. And let me just tell you something about even that little part of the story. Um, Jesus knew that sleep would help him. As a human being, can I just say to some of you, um, get good rest. It's good for your body. Jesus knew that, and he was getting good sleep. Don't feel guilty for getting good sleep. It gives you good health emotionally, physically, spiritually. It helps you. So they shake him. They finally get him awake. (laughs) I love it. Can't you just imagine there's Jesus in the bottom of the boat, and he's like, okay, okay, guys, guys, it'll be all right. We'll be fine. We'll be good. Just come on up here with me. They're following. Jesus, watch out. It's sloshing over the boat. It's fine. He says to you tonight, in your circumstance and your situation, you will be fine. You might not like some of the stuff in life that you face, but you will be fine if you trust me completely. I'll prove it in a minute with a couple of people I want to talk about. You will be fine. But then what if you will be fine? Driving here tonight with my thing, my burden. I was like, Lord... You know my burden right now. I know, Dan, I do. And you're fine. And you're going to be fine. No matter which way things go, I am God. That's what the Lord spoke to me tonight driving here. I got you. Even if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, you're fine because I'm God. And that's why we can cast our cares on Him. What he wants to see is peace in us. And that's what he brought to this story. These people are freaking out. Not him. He doesn't wake up going, oh, you're right, oh, no. No, the Bible says he walked to the edge of the boat. Listen, and he, I, there are times in Scripture that I would have paid money to get to be there. This is one. Storm, wreaking havoc. Water over the edge of the boat, and Jesus simply says, I, I, "I don't know exactly, obviously, in the in the language he spoke or whatever, but I like to think in 2021 something like this." I said, "Winds and waves, stop it!" And the Bible says, "Instant calm." Can, can y'all just play along with me and be in the story for a second? That thing rocking like this, and then. Y'all yeah, have been out on the water. You know what it's like. If, if you've ever been out in the night especially, because evening had come now and we're in the evening time and it's getting dark and all of a sudden, whoosh, dead still. You can hear everything. You drop, you drop a penny in the water, you hear it. Dead still. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you what I think would have happened in that moment. I think even in another boat, like one of those other boats that were fighting like... They're dead still too. All of a sudden you hear everything. I can see one of the people in the other boat going, Who did that? What happened? And one of the disciples... Uh, we were able to get Jesus awake. All's good. Which boat's Jesus in? Uh, the one over here, the peace boat. And I, I can tell you... Like, I know me enough to know if I'd been there and I'd been one of the people in the other boat and I wanted a healing for something, whatever, I would have been going, Jesus, can you pull your boat up next to mine? I mean, this is a moment where you see his power. Even the winds and waves obey him. And look, 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 ready? The The disciples only speak twice in the story. The disciples only speak twice. The first time it's, don't you even care? And then after he does his thing, here's the next line Who is this man? Well, watch this. They went from, you don't care, you don't love us at all to, wow. Isn't that so human? It's so human. We have our things in our life and we wonder how in the world we're going to deal with them. And we just go, there's no hope. There's no way. God can't do it. Then it happens and we go, isn't he amazing? It's crazy, isn't it? We're all over the place. He was the same guy asleep as he was awake. Peaceful. That's why he invites us to cast our cares on him because he's saying to us, whether there is a storm or whether there is calm, I got you. Did you hear that? Whether the storm is raging, he was peaceful, he was asleep. Or there is no storm at all. He's the same guy. He's in control. While we're up and down, all around, going through our stuff. And Jesus invites us into this place of knowing we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And I want to give you some steps to this tonight. You say, Dan, I I like the story. I like what you're saying. I want to give you some steps to doing this. They're very simple. Here's the first one coming up on the screen. Number one. I want you to take it to the bank. Remember at the beginning I told you that casting your cares meant like taking it, putting it in the deposit vault. I want you to take your thing tonight. And I want you to put it in God's deposit vault. And I want you to say to God, I know I may go home and have to deal with it, see it, etc. But I'm going to trust that you have deposited into your vault and you've got it no matter what I feel in my storm. That's what I want you to do. I have sit and thought about some people that I know who have gone through great life storms who have been testimonies to me. One was a man named John Berg. You may have heard me speak of him before. When I was training to be a pastor, I met him. He lived in a VA hospital. He could only move from his neck up. Neck up. He had been shot in Vietnam, shot in the neck, paralyzed from here down. First time I met him, I was going around um, to the different rooms at the VA hospital. It was part of my intern program, and I met John Berg. He told me about the storm of what happened to him in Vietnam. He told me about the storm of how his family did not come and visit him. They live in another state. And they didn't have a lot of finances and ability to do that, so they didn't visit John. I I cared a lot about him, but one of the things that blew my mind was just how he just had the ability to trust the Lord in his circumstance. He didn't complain. In fact, um, if you've heard me tell this, I at least want to tell you the one time that just, just is... It's just stuck in my brain the time that I arrived to go see him. I did it for six months. Just go visit him each day, pray with him, as I did with several people in this VA hospital. was my job. But I, I arrived at his room, and the, the lady, the nurse, stopped me. Dan, before you go in, I said, yes. She said, last night, um, bad situation happened, and John one of the other guys here who has a mental disorder or whatever got in John's room. We didn't know he was in there, and he took a stick, and he just he just beat John up last night, just beat his body, all these things. So that, oh, you know, just like you, my heart broke. I was like, oh, my goodness. I just felt for him, and I remember walking into the room going, John, John, she just told me I'm so sorry, and he called me over. He's like, damn, what are you What's going on? I'm like, well, I heard what happened to you last night with a guy that came in the room and, and beat you up and that kind of thing with a stick. At him. This is literally what he said to me. I'm not kidding you. You're going to laugh. It's crazy. He looked right at me. He said, Dan, I didn't feel a thing. I was like, John, that's not funny. He said, it's my body. I can make a joke about it. And I, uh, I just remember going, Man. You can't get this guy down. John's gone on to be with the Lord now. I found out when he passed. And I didn't get to see him a lot after I moved on up to Michigan. But he left a legacy in my heart of um, the storms of life seem unfair. I mean, he was after all over there serving his country. Shot in the neck, that seems unfair. John didn't see it that way. He didn't talk about it that way. He uh, chose to keep an eternal perspective. I ask you tonight, do you have an eternal perspective? It changes things. Circumstances don't look as awful when you picture eternity. Holly LeBlanc, a friend of mine who passed away from a physical disease that hit her when she was a kid in the youth group, when I was youth pastor, all she ever wanted. She told me this as a teenager, will you just do my wedding? She never got married, ever. She would sit and cry. And I remember toward the very end of her life, she said, that's not important to me anymore. I'm, I'm thinking heavenly now. These earthly things don't matter to me. I remember her saying that to me. There will come a point in our life that these things, these burdens, these, these, these things like this will go, ah. That's why Jesus says, go ahead and cast them now because there's going to come a day you'll see what it means. I've got you. So I want you to take it to the bank that God's got you. And then secondly, I want you to, number two, renew, intentionally renew your thoughts. It's one of the words scripture says, renew your thoughts. Like some of you dwell on this thing. Like it shows, if it's this table, it shows up and you're like, but look, Dan, look. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's right here. Well, look up on this stage. If I spend my whole life looking right here, how much more of the stage am I missing? If I focus here all the time, of course, this is all I'm going to see. But if I turn around, I might go, oh, wow. Oh, wow. There's other areas here too I can see. Oh, look, look over there, that looks pretty cool. You gotta get your head up. You gotta renew your thoughts. For some of you, that means a scripture verse you focus on, a, a song you like to sing, a, a chorus you love to sing. For some of you, maybe it's something you enjoy doing. You, you go for a ride, you read a book, you, you go swim. I'm, I, I don't know. Get your mind off this all the time. Renew your thoughts. And then the third step is probably the most important one. Repeat steps one and two. I've actually been doing this, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm finding that I'm getting some new patterns. This thing doesn't look near as big as it shouldn't. I need to see what God is doing here. So tonight, your circumstance, your thing, your situation, that thing I ask you to look at, that, that thing... Give it to the Lord. You say, but Dan, I I go home tonight and it's there. I I know. I get it. I understand. But when you have pre-deposited it in his vault, then you know, even while I'm dealing with it, I know he's got a bigger plan. Remember? There was no reason to go the other side of the lake. Remember? And when you're saying to yourself, there's no reason for me to have to deal with this, go But if you've got a plan here, Jesus, you're wanting to show me that it's going to take me deeper. If the purpose is just to get you deeper in Jesus, it's your call. I invite you to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So, Lord, tonight our issues, our burdens, our cares, we lay at your feet. I pray that you would help us to seize this moment of understanding deeper what the scripture means and then allowing our hearts to grow deeper in you uh, we love you i pray for the cares of this congregation those online somebody dealing with something right now that they'd even love to talk about and lord maybe they need to great but first of all let them cast it deposit it in your vault we know that you're in control even when we don't feel like it. So we're going to trust and we're going to assume that you always have our best interests in mind. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. So today I invite you to take whatever care it is, whatever burden it is. And you say, but Dan, I go home to it every day. I I know, I get it. But there's still the ability, living in the middle of it, to trust it completely to God. I invite you to do that. Lord Jesus, would you help us with our burdens, with our cares, with our anxieties, with our anxiousness to continue to lay it at your feet. Watch over us as we move forward, practicing these simple little principles, these three little steps that will help us grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for just taking time to listen today. I pray the Lord used this to encourage your heart. And thank you again for partnering with Winning at Home.